Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, what's up and welcome to the Hashtag Lakers podcast. I'm Yo Legazzo and I'm joined by McKay Westbrook and my brother John Webb. And as our special guest in the show, we have the one and only Harrison Fagan. I don't know if we need to have any introduction because I think everyone knows you. Uh, dare I say, um, he's, he's probably up there in the A-list of Lakers beat reporters and certainly on, a- on Lakers Twitter. Uh, welcome to the show, Harrison. Thank you for having me. That introduction is like, I think far too kind. I, I would say there are probably a lot of people who don't know who I am, which is actually like, thankfully, I'm not sure that I could deal with being like an actual celebrity. I know like Twitter <laughs> is like a whole like thing or whatever, but like, I can't even imagine like, like getting recognized in person or what, like every time it's happened to me, I'm always grateful for it, but I'm so awkward that I never know what to say. Like, um, and so like the few times that it has happened. So yeah, I'm, you know, your introduction was nice, but I'm grateful to not be an actual celebrity. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, nonetheless, we're excited to have you on. I uh, really appreciate you you joining here. Um, and like we said, uh, the, for this episode, uh, we, we wanted to preview the, the Lakers Heat uh, finals matchup. It's kind of insane to, to say that <laughs> in real life, uh, that we're actually at this point and that the Lakers are, are here in the finals. Um, yeah, it's like, I mean, I just saw, I just saw Mark Stein tweet that like both of these teams finished 10th in their conferences last year. Like this is never, like, I would have guessed that the Lakers had a good shot to make the finals before the year. I never would have guessed the Heat, like out of oh, sure. like all of the teams in the, in the East, like to start, I'm talking about like last fall, like this time last year, like obviously once they got into the playoffs, they were playing pretty well and seemed like they actually could make a run at it. But like, I never would have guessed that this would have been it, but like that's 2020, right? Like nothing <laughs> ever goes exactly as you expected. Like, even when the Lakers end up in the finals, it wasn't by playing the Clippers to get there. And it's not to play the Bucks or, you know, like the Celtics or like any of these teams that people were talking about. Like, but I still think that this is going to be a really fun series. Right. No, I, I completely agree. Uh, and, and John Webb, you, you, you had the, the, the heat uh, um, in the finals, right? Or at least uh, getting oh, yeah. into the, the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I talked yours and McKay's ear off about the Heat just because I saw all the fundamentals there, you know. They're a very well-balanced team. And, you know, I'm a big Laker fan, but just to see them rampaging through, uh, through their, their conference, much like we rampaged ours, I, you know, I, I hate to t- tell you guys I told you so, but I told you so. <laughs> it's kind of an interesting matchup. We've seen a lot of narratives, right, that uh, have been out there so far. The first one that I saw was, uh, and I think it was ESPN trying to push this out the, the, in, the, in our national media, that, you know, the matchup pits LeBron James against his former coach, Eric Spolstra. 
Uh, plus the fact that Pat Riley, of course, is, is today's Heat president. But uh, you know where he became a legend, right here in the, in Lakerland. So um, that was pretty uh, um, uh, interesting to to see. Now that uh, the Celtics and Lakers matchup is isn't going to happen, or their their uh, the, the media's uh, sort of ideal. Uh, 2020 finals matchup isn't happening anymore yeah I think that almost would have been too perfect of a storyline to have the Lakers going up to like try and tie the Celtics and banners while playing against the Celtics and you get like if the Lakers win like that would have been a real bad week for Boston fit like honestly they should probably be happy because I think the Lakers honestly I would have said Lakers in five if the Celtics had made the finals I really like Anthony Davis would average 35 points a game against like Daniel Tice and like you know that <laughs> Celtics front court yeah. you know like yeah. like that would like they would have feasted on that team so like like, honestly, Celtics fans should be happy that it ended there and they don't have to, like, actually have the Lakers, like, win their 17th banner, tie them while also beating them in the finals. Um, you know, that almost – it would have been too perfect of an ending to, like, such a weird up-and-down season, too. Right, right. I mean, you, you wouldn't expect it in 2020, so no. <laughs> I'm sure, <laughs> uh, you know, it happened for a reason. Um, and then, of course, another narrative out there that you saw was, you know um, – uh, what, and I, I was listening to to your pod um, with Anthony Irwin um, Harrison. Uh, you know the the, the little the, the Lakers have the the two best players in the series, but the Heat have like the best players uh, from three to ten or, or something like that. You know, I want to yeah, like see three what you're, seven or eight or something like that. Yeah, like. right. What, what I know, I, I know you guys talked about this on on your your Lakers explained explained right or uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah, just search um, silver screen and roll in any podcast like thing that you use, and uh, you, it should pop up there. That's our feed. Right, right. I just want to get your your thoughts, guys, on on this sort of, um, I guess, uh, quote unquote analysis. Yeah, so I kind of like. I mean, I talked about it on the Silver Screen Roll podcast, but my thing is basically like, like just to boil it down, is sort of like. I mean, yes, you can talk about this. Like, okay, LeBron and AD are the best two players in the series. The Heat, you know, like as much as we all like, I think probably value the Lakers role players more so than like people who don't watch this team every single game would. Like, you know, most people would probably say that if we're picking the ten best players in the Heat series, like the Heat probably have at least six of them, right? Like, if not right. seven, like. If we're just like if we're just trying to be as unbiased as possible but like having the top two in the finals really matters like we've seen NBA final series like like swing on just having the best one player in the finals you know and that like you know most notably probably when LeBron James led the Cavs back from a 3-1 deficit like he was clearly the best player in that finals you probably say that the Warriors had the next best what like at least two maybe three like and so like, like depending on how you value Kyrie I guess but like you know we've already seen LeBron James specifically swing this matchup one way and that Cavs team didn't have any one of the caliber of Anthony Davis on it like I, you know with all due respect to the Heat and their depth and things like that like what I basically said on SSR was like it's not like you can talk about like oh like it's okay it's Goran Dragic versus KCP like in the starting lineup like of course if you just look at that on a starting lineup graph that looks like it's lopsided in favor of the Heat but it's not really Goran Dragic versus KCP because you know KCP or LeBron and Anthony Davis use the majority of the Lakers possession so it's Goran it's really Goran Dragic versus LeBron you know like he's obviously not defending him but it's like how much can you make of your usage or Goran Dragic versus AD or something like that and like I just trust like the Lakers to kind of distribute their stuff 
fairly, and I think it matters a lot more having the best two than it does having depth. Like, we've seen this every round in the playoffs where people talk about the depth right. of these teams, maybe except for the Blazers. Like, we've seen this every round for the Lakers where people talk about, oh, like, you know, the Rockets, they really got some role players. They play an interesting style. Like, yeah. you know, they, they, may, they, they may really force the Lakers' hands and force them to make some threes, and then the Lakers beat them in five games. And with the Nuggets, it's like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, LeBron and Anthony Davis are good, but these Nuggets are deep go like 10 deep they're really good and then like the Lakers smash them too and it's like I don't know how many times we have to do this where we pretend like depth is the most important thing in the playoffs when we all know that it's not and that LeBron and AD are as rested as well AD's never been in the finals but LeBron is as rested at this point in the season as he's ever been like it's just I don't know it's crazy to me right right yeah I think uh you know the other thing is um our roster contains a lot of of really good talent either way it's I mean we got a lot of guys that are past their prime but you know we've got a lot of championship experience in Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard and uh, a lot of people who have who've made it to the finals before and you know especially LeBron James um, so when it when it comes to to people like that you know it's, it's not like we we've got a bunch of uh, smush parkers on our team um, no, no, I would say not. <laughs> you know, we we've got some uh, pretty high caliber players, which um, it, it's kind of funny because I was just thinking about it at the beginning of the season. We held out so long for um, Kawhi Leonard that uh, everybody thought that we we would have nothing to back up LeBron and AD. That we were just going to have some kind of ragtag team. But in, in all reality, um, I, I think the, the Lakers themselves are, are pretty deep. But uh, just like you said, it's, it's really that one-two punch, you know, going back to like Kobe and Shaq days, it was really that one-two punch. Of course, we had great people surrounding them like Derek Fisher, Robert Horry, and uh, Rick Fox. Uh, but it really was that one-two punch that ultimately gets it done. Yeah, and, like, I think, uh, you know, like, just to take it back to your point, like, I mean, regular season Rondo was a smush parker, probably, but, like, playoff <laughs> Rondo is, like, an all-star caliber player, like, right, on certain right. nights. Yeah, yeah, like, playoff Rondo's really good, and, like, I, I, was, I was just thinking as you were talking about, like, those two guys, him and Dwight, it's like, like, I mean, yes, like, I'm not saying that this team isn't deep or that they don't have depth, like, just to be clear. I'm just saying that the Heat are probably, if you just look at them a little bit deeper, like, but the Lakers have the two best players, but, like, I was thinking as you were talking about that, because I was thinking about this the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, like, my former boss, Drew Garrison, who used to cover the Lakers, like, you know, going back to, like, like the real dog days, who, like, would, you know, helped me get my my start and we were talking and it's like can you imagine going back to like 2010 and telling the 10 year younger version of yourself like oh yeah like Rondo and Dwight are going to be beloved Laker role players in 10 years on a title <laughs> right. contender like right. every sentence if you went back in time and told your younger self about this they would think you were on bath salts like right. there's nothing about this entire run that makes any sense to someone from 10 years ago Right. No, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And, 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 and to go back into like the, our role players, it's not, uh, I, I think it's just a lazy, lazy argument or, yeah. or uh, really. Um, and our role players, I mean, KCP, Dwight, Caruso, Rondo, like we talked about, and even, even Danny Green, they're all plus guys in the playoffs. Like they, they're, they've shown that uh, they, they, uh, they're legitimate role players that can, that can, uh, that are, um, uh, great uh, supporting cast for for Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James and we're not here uh, um, 
we're not in the finals because uh, of a fluke. Uh, we, we did it because AD, LeBron did their thing, but also our role players, um, you know, they, they, uh, they did their thing, and, and that's why we're here. Yeah, um, they, they all stepped up. Like, I just want to say real quick, like, Danny Green, like, it was supposed to be the most reliable of all of them. And he's been, like, I think he's been better than some than the fans that make him trend on Twitter, like, give him credit <laughs> for. Like, I think he's a really good – he's really good at every part of defense other than one-on-one defense, which is valuable for the Lakers. He still offers somewhat of a spacing threat sometimes. Like, I, I think – like, he's been a little bit better than I think people give him credit for. But he hasn't been great by any means. And he was supposed to be the guy that was like, okay, if you're looking at the cast of role players, like, all right, well, they got Danny Green, though. Like, he's a proven playoff guy. Instead, it's been, like, yeah. Caruso, KCP, Dwight, who, like, no one even wanted to sign, Rondo, who nobody wanted back. Like, it, it's been all <laughs> these guys. It, like, it really has been – like, they all deserve credit for stepping up. Like, they have, they've they've turned this thing that do- – this team that doesn't look deep on its face into, like, at least a bunch of guys who come in, and even if they aren't asked to do a lot, like, come in and do their roles. Right, right. No, I completely agree. Um, I kind of um... – I don't know. I, I just I just feel like uh, uh, those those sort of narratives don't aren't aren't real. Uh, you know, it's not real analysis. And and um, I kind of want to get into um, before we head to the break. I wanted to get your your predictions on uh, on the series. You know, well, you know, Lakers four, Lakers in five, six or seven, and then you know after the break we'll we'll get into the analysis and why we think uh, sort of why we think that is. Um, I I appreciate that you did not give me the option of of heat. You just pick. You just Lakers and four, Lakers I, and five, Lakers and six, Lakers and seven. Like those are Laker the four bond. multiple choice. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I, hey, I'm with you. I just like I respect that you're not even pretending that I'm going to pick the Heat or like there's any chance of that. Like, um, I, I have been saying and like I say this with like I have not gotten to dig into the Heat as much as I've wanted to because we've been crazy like prepping other content, like you know other sure. like reaching out to other writers, working on other stuff, doing podcasts, but like, um. So, like, I don't feel like this is not my bulletproof, like, lock it in prediction yet. But right now I am predicting the Lakers in six. I think the Heat will give them a fight. And we can mm-hmm. talk about that, you know, uh, like after the break. But, like, I, I do think that ultimately the Lakers are going to pull this out. Yeah, I also I also think Lakers in six. Um, yeah, there's, there's a lot to like about that Heat team. But we're the Lakers, right? We're not, we're not the Celtics. And ultimately they are going <laughs> to pull through. <laughs> Not the Bucks yeah. either. We're not, not the Bucks either. either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, you know, I I've thought about it, and I I think it possibly could go to six, but I'm saying Lakers in five. Um, I respect that. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow! Yeah, that, that, that's that's bold. Yeah, I want to do it. I'm just not there yet. I want to do it though. <laughs> I like, want to respect your sweep. take. Right. I, right. <laughs> I mean, I I think uh, the Heat is definitely a gritty team. Um, I think they, they lack the experience though. You know, I think they're a really young, um, inexperienced team. And if you kind of look at, uh, the trend of the playoffs overall, it seemed like, at least in, in some of the series I've been paying attention to, like the, the Lakers nugget or sorry, the Clippers nuggets and also Boston, Miami, there was a lot of come from behind wins. Um, Boston was constantly up against the heat. And as well as uh, the Clippers were constantly up against the Nuggets. Um, the problem was that they weren't able to hold on to that lead and, and finish out their games. Um, I think the Lakers uh, know how to play four quarters. 
Um, they can continue to push the tempo and uh, their, their defense has been remarkable. And I think that's going to play a, a big part in, in not allowing to let the, the heat sneak back in. I think they, they recognize that. Um, and I, I think they're going to put it to them and I, I could be wrong. They could go six. I could definitely see it happening, but mm-hmm. I'm going to call the Lakers in five. Okay. Wow. That's, that's pretty bold. I, I, I went by six. I can confidently say um, that for six, just because like, I agree that uh, the heat team, like, you know, I agree with all your comments. Uh, I just, they're, they're such a tall, physical, athletic and, and tough team. Um, Bam's been playing at a level that we've never seen before um, in the playoffs. You know, uh, it's still not, you know, he's still not as good as, as, as Anthony Davis, but he's playing really great playoff basketball. Um, yes. and, um, you know, but Jimmy Butler as well. And then of course you have all these, the, the supporting cast with them, uh, including Tyler Hero, the, the rookie, which is, uh, he's been, uh, in the Celtics series, been kind of, uh, insane to watch. Um, but you know, I, I think that when it comes down to it, I think the Lakers will lock in defensively. If they do that, lock in defensively. And, and if they're clicking on the, on the offensive end, uh, then I think we're going to be an unbeatable force, um, to, you know, in, in this series, but uh, let's, um, I wanted to, let, let's take a great a break before we get into the specifics of the matchup. Um, so uh, we'll talk to you guys in a second. Welcome back to the Hashtag Lakers podcast. McKay, John Webb, and I are here with Harrison Fagan. And like we said, we're going to continue to preview the finals matchup between the Lakers and Miami Heat. Uh, so let's get to it. And we'll start uh, talking about uh, Miami's defense and then move on to the Lakers uh, defending their offense. So, you know, um, you know, Miami likes to use zone a lot, and we saw it a ton against the Celtics. Uh, how do you think the Lakers will fare against um, and, and to take one heat, heat fans words on Twitter, almost perfect zone defense. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that, that heat fan is not really wrong. Like they have yeah, right. played like almost perfect zone defense so far in the playoffs. Like it, it's been really good. Um, I, I know we were talking to Frank yesterday and somebody asked him about, about the zone and obviously like before a series, he's not going to say like what they're going to do to attack it specifically sure. or anything, right. sure. but he did. He said that they obviously they had studied it. They felt like they had faced things in the in the past, like rounds of the playoffs that had prepared them for the unique challenge of Miami's different styles of defense. And that they had a plan in place for basically every style of defense that Miami is going to play. Like now, as we've seen with the Lakers, sometimes those plans do not work in game <laughs> one, uh, sure. like of their series or whatever. And they see it go wrong. But, you know, I, I think that what we have to give credit to this coaching staff for is that they have done a really good job of making adjustments pretty much every time they've lost. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we saw it in the Nuggets series, starting Dwight go into that extra physicality right from the jump like which I think like based on Frank's actions it really seemed like they wanted to do but they just weren't sure from like a political perspective they could make it work (laughs) until they lost because he started him in two of the second halves before that Uh and was like clearly playing in more minutes like I think they liked the Dwight matchup more it was just like a matter of like we we can't bench JaVale a second series in a row right off the bat and 
Yeah. So like, but th- like to their credit, they make adjustments. You know, we saw it in the first round against the Rockets starting Markeith and going to that small and like basically becoming better in like one or two practices at what the Rockets do than the Rockets are at it, which was kind of crazy to watch. Um, and then against the Blazers coming up with like a great defensive scheme right after game one to really just swarm Damon CJ and force them. So like, I think they've made good adjustments and like, you know, I know I was talking about defense in those cases, but I do think that they're going to be able to come up with something to attack these like zones. Like we saw Houston play that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw the Nuggets go to it at times. Like I think the Lakers have, like they, they obviously they got to hit shots, but I do think they have enough shooters to make Miami pay. But again, like a lot of the teams that Miami just beat would probably say the same thing. Like, I think honestly, that's probably the biggest concern going into the series. But I also think like, and again, this is something that probably all these other teams thought, but like, if you play zone over and over again against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, like they're going to find holes in it. And like AD is going to cut into space and find ways to attack that zone. LeBron's going to find ways to get himself through that zone for easy buckets. Alex Caruso is a great cutter. Mm -hmm. Like the Lakers have some shooters on their roster that can beat it over the top. Like, I don't think that they're like, obviously like they're not the Golden State Warriors. They aren't a team that's perfectly built to beat a zone, but like they are a team that has enough things I think that can deal with that no I think I completely agree especially the part with with Braun and AD I think they're going to be key here if if if, uh if the heat um go with the the zone you know right off the bat I think uh you we all know that ad loves to work in the mid area and uh, yeah and we saw in the the Denver series how dangerous he was in mid-range uh and around that uh, the free throw line um, you know, he abused the, the, their zone. And um, I, I think that he's going to be key there if, if they're going to do that, if, if the Heat are going to deploy the, the zone defense. And, and like, uh, and um, like in LeBron too, uh, uh, you know, he, he did well with, against the Heat when they use zone in the regular season. And I expect him to, to, to use it as well uh, or to, to do well there as well. Um, uh, the only caveat you're right is that I have a concern is is our our, our uh, you know knocking down shots, but we, we haven't been doing uh, that bad with with knocking down down our shots as uh, you know either. Yeah, so like I, I, what's funny is like the Lakers have been so good. I looked this up the other day, this stat, like, uh, you know, it was after they won game five against the Nuggets to move on. And like, I was just curious about their three point shooting and like their record with it and whatever. Uh So I looked this up. The only games that the Lakers have lost this postseason are when they've shot below 30% from three point range, which is like, like I, I referred to it on Twitter as drunk blogger bad. So like, as long as the Lakers aren't shooting like drunk bloggers, like they've been managed to win these games. The one thing though is like, they haven't I don't think they faced a defense as good as Miami like for all of the strengths of the teams that they face they've mostly been offensive powerhouses and that's why I can't get myself to Lakers in five because I do think that there will be games where as they figure out this zone like they're just going to miss shots like we've seen it like there's going to be a game in the series where they shoot like 20% from three I just like I can feel it in my bones I can already see the Lakers Twitter outrage and like Danny Green trending and you Uh know people posting the meme where they say that he's like he should be charged with robbery like you know I can already (laughs) see all of this stuff in my mind's eye happening and like like we just got to be prepared for it like that there's going to be a game where where they do shoot drunk blogger bad and like they're going to lose and everybody's going to overreact but then they're probably going to figure it out and not shoot that bad the entire series right you know what i I really think that this is going to be a very uh coaching heavy series you know you got two two like masterminds at it bolstra and vogel and 
when when they do go zone, when the when the Heat do go zone, I don't. They they're probably going to go right in the beginning, right? They're probably going to see what the Lakers are going to do. Um, I just honestly I expect AD to just go right right there with the free throw line and demand the ball. And if no one comes to him, if no one closes out, he's going to shoot that that mid range shot, or he's going to walk into the basket, walk to the basket. Um, and he's also a capable passer. And like you were saying, Harrison, there's there's a lot of threats on our offense that can shoot that. Uh, what does what does concern me is that the Heat do have a lot of especially especially Bam there. Um, yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be the matchup to watch is really how Bam is going to react with with AD because Bam honestly can defend one through five in my what I've Bam's seen. Bam's the best suited to guarding AD of anyone that the Lakers have faced like by far like it's really it's not close as much as people wanted to talk up PJ Tucker like I mean we all saw how that (laughs) went over yeah yeah exactly AD was shooting over a cone by the end of that series like it did not matter (laughs) like who was uh like those were as as my friend Pete Zayas likes to say those were practice shots uh by the end of the series and like that you actually brought up a good point with his passing like you said he's a good passer I agree with you that he's a good passer but he's not a great passer yet and so I think that this is a series where like one of the things that I'll be looking for is like like can AD kind of make the like the Lakers have given him a lot of opportunities to improve in games at uh-huh. like making those reads from the middle of the floor and like giving him the ball like towards the free throw line or the nail or whatever and trying to have him make plays and he hasn't always succeeded at it and I think Miami will exploit that a little bit and like I think that this is where we can see the growth of Anthony Davis as like continuing to become an in his prime superstar like does he after like a game or two start to be like like he watches the film with LeBron and the team and whatever and He's like, right. oh, like that's what I miss. That guy's gonna be open. They're trying right. to bait me into this other pass over here, mm-hmm. like where they can pick it off for that. Like, are we gonna see A B as the series go on? Like become a maybe not a great passer permanently but a great passer in the context of the defense that they're facing and like you mentioned like this is going to be a really big coaching series like I think the adjustments Frank makes like Spolstra we know that he is going to throw a lot of different things at them like like I am really curious to see all of this stuff but the AD passing thing that you brought up like I think it's especially like that that's an x factor or like a swing factor in this series like if Miami can outsmart him on those passes like then the Lakers start to I think get in trouble but if he can like make them pay and start to read the defense really well, then like Miami is, you know, kind of sunk. Right. I agree. Um, now I kind of want to move into the, you know, how, how are we going to defend this team? Um, they've, they've been shooting the lights out, uh, especially their, their, their uh, role players. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, that's, you know, hero, hero, hero. And uh, I can't just keep saying his, his name wrong. Crowder has been shooting it pretty well. Um, you know, how, how do you, you know, what, what do you think uh, – how, how are we going to fare against their offense here? So I think, like, obviously, like, the shooting is an issue, like, that the Lakers right. are going to have to deal with. And the Heat have a lot of guys who can get hot. And, like, you know, like, even Crowder, who's, like, the weirdest – like, if you look at his three-point percentage throughout his career, it is, like, the most wildly fluctuating, like, That's if you streaky, go on basketball right? reference. And, uh-huh. like, re- like he just – Crowder decides, like, every other year that he's going to flip the switch on his three-point shooting. And he's like, ah, I'm going to take a year off next year. Like, I don't know what it is. It's wild. Like, and he's been really good for them. Hero has obviously been incredible. Like, I can't even – like it's crazy that he's 19 and he scored 37 points in like, <laughs> right. an NBA playoff game. Uh-huh. Like 
Um, and like the Heat have threats all over the floor. And I think that they will probably test the Lakers. But that said, I don't think that they're as good of an offense as like the Nuggets are overall, even though like obviously they attack differently. I don't even know that they're necessarily as good of an offense. Well, they're probably a better version than like, you know, what Houston was when the Lakers played them, where like they were, you know, able to exploit Westbrook and whatever. Like they, they don't have anyone that's that obvious to exploit in that way. That's but what I'm, my point overall is that the Lakers have figured out a lot of great offenses so far. And I don't know that the Heat are necessarily as big of a problem on offense as those teams are. And I think, like, obviously they present different threats. Like, Bam is probably – Bam is different than any big Lakers have faced offensively and defensively. Absolutely. Jimmy is, like – like, you know, with all due respect to former MVP James Harden, like, Jimmy Butler in the playoffs is a better player than James Harden, I think. And, like, probably the best – and the best wing that the Lakers have faced, like, the best dribble threat that the Lakers have faced. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, the most proven one, at least. And so, like, I think they present problems, obviously. But I also think, like, what have we seen – every single series like the Lakers need basically one game and then they kind of figure you out as far as how you attack on offense and they're able to take that away and so I have a lot of confidence that I don't know what it's going to be like is it throwing LeBron on Jimmy at times is it like you know having AD even guard him at times or like is a does AD stick with Bam the whole game do you bring Dwight in to deal with that a little bit like Frank suggested that might be a possibility yesterday like whatever it may be like they're a lot smarter than I am like I think that there are a lot of different ways that that like I'm not super worried about the Heat's offense. It's honestly more their defense and the Lakers being able to beat right. it that concerns me in this series. I think I think I'm in the the same boat as you. I think that's uh, you 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 nailed the the you nailed it there. I think uh, um, you're right that uh, just thinking about you know uh, um, you know who, who's going to initiate the the their their offense right. It, it's usually been you know dra- tragic. And um, and I think that we faced better guards than before with in, in Dame, CJ, Harden, even Westbrook, Murray. I'll have you know, Frank Frank Vogel said Goran Dragic went healthy, all star caliber player yesterday. Did he? So he was, he was <laughs> yeah, he was really turning the compliments on. And I'm like, I'm like, oh Frank, like you sly dog, like trying to recruit him in free agency next year and get him to take a discount to come to LA. That's uh, that's go. smart, man. I respect it. That's funny. That's funny. I did not know that he said that. That's hilarious. It's yeah, no, he said, he's, and then he repeatedly <laughs> called Andre Iguodala a future Hall of Famer. Um, like he, he, <laughs> like he said that uh, he he corrected a reporter who said that Bam was becoming a star and said he already. Oh, I saw is. that. I saw that. Yes. Yep, yep, so yep. like like Frank is like Frank is never a guy that's going to give you bulletin board material. He like he turns on. I like to imagine that he turns on these endless compliments with the media, and then it's just like this voracious shit talker on the sidelines, like uh, like yelling at Westbrook. <laughs> to shoot it and stuff like that during the rocket like he probably isn't but i like to imagine in my head that he is that's pretty funny that's pretty funny um yeah i mean i i, I kind of want to uh, move on to another topic I, um you you touched on you know bringing on dwight howard and i mean do, do you and i don't know if vogel already has answered this but is he going to start dwight over javel in this do you think dwight's going to have a better matchup against bam here yeah, to answer that second question, yes, absolutely. Um, okay. To answer okay. <laughs> the first question, I don't know. I think, like, like, he has not talked about that yet. He will, like, they have media day coming up in, like, about an hour or so. It's a little more than an hour or so. So, oh, okay. like, I'm sure somebody will ask him. 
like about st the starting lineup, and I am 99% sure that he will not give an answer. Uh, right, until it right. is, like he is legally obligated to by the league 30 minutes before the game starts uh, on Wednesday. And so like, I don't think that he's going to reveal it. My guess is that like they're going to start JaVale again because yeah. like they've done it every series to start with. And I feel uh -huh. like the Lakers kind of are like, like they, and he's talked about this mindset throughout the year when people are like, Oh, why don't you go small more? Like it seems like that lineup with AD is really working. And he like, he would constantly reiterate that they want the Lakers, they want team, they want to make teams adjust to them. But with that said, like, I think that they have also shown that they're very quickly, like if, teams do adjust to them and they are beating what the Lakers do then they will adjust to figure out like that other like what that team is doing and make the adjustment but I do think that to like off the bat my guess is that JaVale will start but I do think that Dwight will be a big factor in this series or at least a factor like uh in this series at some point I also think like there's a possibility like if the Lakers really just need a shooting boost that Markeith might end up starting they may end up going back to that be. lineup right. from the Houston series like uh -huh. I, I could see it if if the zone has a lot of success early, I could see them going to that as a way to go a little smaller, match up with Miami, and get some shooting over the top. Right. No, no I completely agree with that. Uh, McKee, you got any thoughts on on um, on this? I, I know that uh, you you like Dwight. Uh, you know, in the in that last series. Yeah. No. Um. I I think Harrison could be right that we might go back to Javale McGee. Um. Starting out, it it seems like every time we uh, figure something really good out, I, I feel like the Lakers kind of reset to <laughs> to something that I mean definitely worked during the regular season, but um, especially during the last series, it it seemed like Javale was a step behind and um, Dwight was definitely stepping up. I'm I'm really hoping that we'll immediately go to Dwight. We won't right. you know beat around the bush too long and um, you know, the, watching Bam, he's so athletic. He he kind of reminds me of a younger Dwight Howard that can uh, handle the ball a lot better. Um, and I I think the best matchup for him is is going to be uh, Dwight and AD in the five. I think he's going to be too good for for Javale, and I'm I'm really hoping that that we start Dwight. Yeah, I mean, to, to that point, like, I agree with you 100% on all of that. Like, I think to that point, like, the Lakers in game five of the Western Conference Finals, like, they sub JaVale in, and everybody's like, oh, why is Frank doing this? Like, within two minutes, Frank was like, why am I doing this? And immediately gave him the hook, right. and he was done for the night. So, like, I think if it – at worst, JaVale is a couple extra fouls that you can use earlier yeah. in the game and things like that. But, you know, like, I, I do, I, like, I agree with everything that you said about, like, I, I think ultimately Dwight and AD will prove to be a better matchup. Well, well, I think that was a good discussion. I think that, uh, you know, that there's, there's your, uh, your Lakers heat preview featuring uh, Harrison Fagan. Uh, uh, Harrison, thanks for, for joining us today. I don't know if you have any final thoughts here. Uh, no, no, no final thoughts. I just would say like, you know, if you enjoyed this, check out the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. Um, you know, like we, we go five days a week with a, a variety of different hosts that write at our site or just podcast there, some of them. Um, and then I'm just really proud of the stuff that we have already out and coming down the pipeline for Lakers Heat. So just silverscreenandroll.com. That's where you can find everything I write and, you know, everything that my team writes. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Harrison. Uh, no, I, 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 you know, 
I read a lot of your, your uh, you know, Silver Screen and Roll, and I listen to the podcast. I also listen to Locked On Lakers, and sometimes you're on there. Uh, yeah, I, I used to co-host that show, and then uh, and then once I took this job, it's like full time, so I had to do this. To do that, yeah, yeah. All right, sounds good. Well, thanks everybody. Um, if if you guys has, haven't already, make sure you follow us on Twitter at hashtag LakerPod. Subscribe and give us a five star review if you like this episode, and follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'd appreciate the re- reviews, and it all help us continue to do what we're doing. We're also on Instagram at Lakers Daily Scoop, and we have twenty seven k followers and, and counting. Uh, guys, with that said, have a great day. Let's root for the Lakers here in the finals, and we'll talk to you guys next. In the Admiral refrigerator, the door is closed, the lights out. Butter's getting hard, the eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.